Go ahead, Ustad, inshallah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Inna alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'afiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina man yahdihillahu falamudilla lah wa man yudlil falahadiya lah wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu attaqullaha haqqa tuqatihi wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun Ya ayyuhalna su'budu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum min nafsin wahidah wa khalaqa minha zawjaha wa batha minhuma rijalan kathiran wa nisaa uttaqullaha alladhi tasa'aluna bihi wal arham inna allaha kana alaykum raqiba amma ba'd fa inna khayral hadithi karamullah wa khayral huda huda muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam وَشَرَّ الْأُمُورِ مُحْدَثَاتُهَا وَكُلَّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وَكُلَّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ ثُمَّ أَمَّا بَعْدٍ To proceed, the title of this lecture is the fiqh of riba. So the objective of this lecture, this is a, going to be a very short lecture, is basically to understand what riba is. Before we delve <coughs> into the issues, many if issues of riba, the only objective of this lesson is just to understand riba, the definition of riba, um, uh, linguistically, the definition of riba, technically, the ruling of riba, the different stages of the prohibition of riba mentioned in the Quran, and that's it really. Um, so I want you to um, just focus on um, the facts, focus on the issues that we are presenting, inshallah. I can anticipate and know that many of you probably have many questions in your head about riba and different transactions that you are unsure of whether they are riba or not the objective is not to answer those questions in this lecture okay the objective is for you just to have a better understanding and actually a good understanding of what riba is and the types of riba okay and we thank our brothers at Medina College, Sheikh Abdul Wahid, Zakaria, and others for hosting this. Jazakumullah khairan. Um, awalan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, afwan, before we get to that, this is a quick overview of uh, part, the part one of this lecture. Okay, so this lecture is divided into two parts. So part one, we'll be focusing on the definition of riba. What is riba? We're going to define riba. We're going to also talk about the ruling on riba, the types of riba, yani riba nasi'ah, riba al-fadl. There's also a third type, riba al-manfa'ah or riba al-qard, which we, we will also touch upon. So linguistically, basically riba means an increase. Okay, riba means an increase. Okay, zada wa nama, linguistically. So raba al-shay, Yarbu means zada wa nama, anything that is and increases. Okay, Allah says, وَيُرْبِ He is the one who increases charity, he increases the barakah and the blessings <clears throat> that are in charitable donations. Okay, um, so technically, um, the ulama, rahimahumullah ta'ala, they have um, defined riba as two people who, two or more people basically who trade specific goods, okay, without knowing whether these goods are equal or not, equal in quantity or not, okay, according to the Sharia, during the agreement or during the contract, okay, 
or two people who exchange two goods, okay? And at the time of the contract or agreement, they agree to delay payment in one of the goods or both. Okay, and we'll obviously touch upon this and elaborate more on this, inshallah. Um, so um, uh, the first type of riba is basically riba al-fadl. Okay, so the first type of riba is riba al-fadl. Okay, and riba al-fadl basically means uh, riba of increase or riba of excess, riba of surplus. Okay, so riba al-fadl basically uh, happens basically if specific commodities that are similar, yani in essence, are exchanged for different amounts. And basically those commodities are basically from the ones that are mentioned, uh, they are known as ribawi commodities. Okay, they are mentioned in the hadith, which we will mention in Sahih Muslim, al-dhahabu bil-dhahab, etc. Okay, so riba al-fadl is basically when specific commodities Okay, these commodities are mentioned in the hadith in Sahih Muslim, which we will mention, which basically they are similar in essence and they are exchanged for different amounts. Okay, and those commodities basically are from the ones that are mentioned in the hadith in Sahih Muslim. Okay, so an example is, for example, where the Prophet says gold for gold, silver for silver, dates for dates, wheat for wheat, barley for barley, salt for salt. So if any of these commodities are exchanged, Okay, the same amount, yani weight of each commodity has to be exchanged without any excess or without any shortfall. Okay, if any excess takes place, if any increase or even slight decrease takes place, then this becomes riba al fadl. And also, dollars and pounds and um, any currency is also falls into this category. Okay. Um, so that's the first condition. So the second condition um, is basically for ribal fadl is for this kind of exchange of the commodities that are mentioned in the hadith, mentioned in Sahih Muslim. Um, so the exchange takes place hand to hand. Okay, so the exchange has to take place hand to hand. So there has to be taqabub and there, there has to be, it has to be in the same sitting. It has to be on the spot without any delay, without any deferment. So if one of the commodities of those specific ones mentioned is exchanged for a similar quantity of the same, but one is being delayed in handing, um, in handling this, yani this becomes riba and nasi'ah. Okay, so basically this can change into riba and nasi'ah, which means riba or delay. So here, for example, you have here the tarif here. Riba al-fadl is a type of riba that exists in or results from a sale transaction, okay, which involves an increase when trading two riba with commodities of, of the same. So riba al-fadl occurs in sale transactions. It also occurs in loan transactions as well. Um, so an example basically is the exchange of 10 kilograms of good quality dates for 20 kilograms of poor quality, quality dates. Okay, so in simple terms, riba al-fadl becomes or occurs because of the exchange between two items of the same, same type, but in unequal amounts, okay? Um, so that's basically um, a basic understanding of riba al-fadl. Riba al-fadl is a riba of excess, a riba of surplus, okay? Um, so... Uh, yeah, and also the ulama they mention um, that basically the addition is not 
in value, but rather in quantity. Okay, so the addition of one of the goods is actually in quantity rather than in value. Okay, it doesn't matter if that addition was stipulated in the contract or not. Okay, A, an example also of riba al fadl is uh, let's say, for example, uh, you know, um, uh, yani let's say you buy 10, um, you exchange, for example, 10 uh, pounds for whatever reason, 10 sterling pounds for 12 sterling pounds. Okay, so this would be an example of riba al fadl. Okay, it's riba al fadl because huna. Um, there was an increase and the quantity was not the same. Even if this occurs in the same sitting, then this would still be considered a uh, type of riba and this would still be considered as something that is impermissible. Um, if, for example, you have, for example, here in the hadith of Uvad al-Samit, where the Prophet says, gold for gold, silver for silver, Wheat for wheat, barley for barley, dates for dates, salt for salt, like for like. So they have to be like for like. They have to be equal in quantity, hand to hand. And it has to occur, these transactions have to occur in the same sitting on the spot. If any of these asnaf, of these types of goods, if any of them differ, then then sell as you wish, as long as it is hand to hand. So if someone wishes to sell gold for gold, then two conditions have to be met, okay? Two conditions have to be met. The first condition is it has to be on the spot sale. It has to be hand to hand on the spot. And the second condition is they have to be equal in quantity. If someone wishes to sell silver for silver, likewise, those two same conditions have to be met. Same thing. Okay. But if someone wishes to sell and exchange gold for silver, okay, then only one condition has to be met. Okay. And this condition is. Al, uh, this condition is basically taqabud. Uh, it has to happen in the same sitting. Okay, so you can exchange, for example, 10, uh, you know, 10, 10, 10, 10 kilos of gold, for example, for uh, less than that for, for silver. Okay, so the quantity can differ. Okay, but they have to occur in the same sitting. They have to happen in the same sitting. Okay, and likewise, for you can exchange bur for sha'ir. The quantity can can differ, but it has to happen hand to hand and in one sitting. Otherwise, if it doesn't, then it becomes riba al fadl. Okay. Similar to this hadith is also that the other hadith, the hadith in also in Sahih Muslim by Abu Sa'id al Khudri, radiyallahu taala anhu, anna Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam qal al dhahabu bi dhahab. This is wrong. Yani this sad here. We have to write the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I didn't check when I uh, cut and paste this hadith from a, from a source. So this is wrong. We always have to write the full, um, uh, yani the full uh, salat of the Prophet wasallam. So we can't write it in abbreviation or write sad or sad lam ayn meem or in English, for example, PBUH. We have to give the Prophet wasallam his right. Okay. So here in this hadith, <clears throat> 
the Prophet وسلم, he says, gold for gold, silver for silver, والبر بالبر والشعير بالشعير ويت فو ويت بالي فبالي والتمر بالتمر ديت فديت والملح بالملح سولت فسولت ومثلا بمثل لايك فلايك يدا بيد هاند تو هاند يعني اون ذا سبوت فمن زاد او استزاد whoever increases يعني او seeks an increase this is the remember the لغوي and the lexical um, definition of riba فمن زاد او استزاد whoever increases or seeks an increase فقد أربى then this person has fallen into riba الآخذ والمعطي فيه سواء the one who takes and the one who gives is also is are equal in ethm in sin Bukhari and Muslim and this is the love of al-imam uh, Muslim so here you can clearly see basically that يعني riba al-fadl has a very يعني it's a very simple concept to understand um, with regards to the second type of riba, uh, riba and nasi'a, um, so riba and nasi'a basically is the traditional riba. This was the riba uh, loan. Basically, this is basically when a lender uh, gives to a borrower a certain amount, okay, or a certain amount on the condition um, that the borrower uh, gives back this loan after a certain amount of time with an extra charge on it, okay. Uh, so this is basically includes the situation where the lender gives a loan to a borrower and they stipulate a certain time frame, a time limit on this. And in the contract, there is a clause in the contract that states that if the borrower returns back the loan within the specified time period, then no interest will be charged. No interest has to be paid. But if the borrower is late in paying the loan, okay, then the lender charges as an agreed, a pre-agreed upon amount of interest. This is considered to be riba and nasi'a. A good example of this is, um, for example, uh, credit cards or maybe overdrafts. Okay, so your bank, Methelen, says to you, we give you an overdraft of, of 1,000 pounds every month. Okay, and if you pay if you pay this overdraft in within the month or if you take if you take this overdraft and you pay it back before the month lapses before the end of the month then no interest will be charged but if you pay it back after the end of the month then we will charge you x amount of interest okay this is considered to be riba and this is impermissible even if you you actually agreeing on this is considered to be riba in the first place because you've agreed to something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that incurs the wrath of Allah. You are waging war with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by agreeing to this. Okay, so many Muslims, many people think that as long as I don't fall into riba, as long as I pay the overdraft back in that month, then no ithim and no sin I will not incur any sin. This is wrong. This is a wrong understanding. It is like you agreeing to signing on a an agreement, agree, agreeing to zina. Riba is worse than zina. You know, it's like you agreeing to a, a, a sin or any sin. So this is impermissible and this is a good example of riba and nasia. So another example of riba and nasia is basically where if, let's say, for example, uh, we have Ahmed. Ahmed gives uh, Zaid a hundred pounds. Okay, so Ahmed gives Zaid a hundred pounds for one year. So 
and the condition is that Zaid returns this with an extra 10 pounds. So that means after a year, Zaid has to give Ahmed 110 pounds. This is classic riba. Okay. Um, another example is basically Ahmed gives uh, Zaid 100 pounds for one year. And he says to him, I'm not going to charge you any interest or anything. Um, but if you pay this back within the agreed time frame, then no interest will be charged. Okay, but if you are late, even by a second, even by a day, then I will charge you whatever amount. I'll charge you X amount of interest. Even if it's one pound, it's still considered interest. So if Zaid agrees to this, then Zaid has fallen into riba. Ahmed has already, he, this is his condition. So if Zaid agrees to this, then Zaid has fallen into riba. Okay. Um, so this is basically the second type of riba, which is riba and nasia or the riba of delay or postponement. Okay. Um, so basically, um, this transaction benefits who? It benefits Ahmed, it benefits one of the parties. Okay, and it benefits them how? Through a surplus or extra amount. Okay. Um, and yeah, naam. So riba and nasi'a basically occurs in loan transactions and it also occurs in sale transactions. It occurs in, in loan transactions on the basis of future repayment of more than the principal and it occurs in sale transactions on the basis of deferred price. Example of a loan-based riba, this is just another example of a loan-based riba and nasi'a, is basically a loan with $1,000 principal on which $1,200 has to be paid next year. And so that's loan-based riba and nasi'a. An example of a sale-based riba and nasi'a is if a person sells 100 kg of dates and to be paid back with 120 kg of dates six months later six months later okay um so basically um uh, riba and nasia is basically when two of the riba with substances that we mentioned earlier and, and the prophet mentions sahih muslim are exchanged so one of them immediately and the other with a delay so that's basically a, a brief explanation of riba al-fadl and riba and nasia um naam this is just another example of riba and nasia. That's if two parties agree to exchange 10 kilos of gold for two kilos of sil silver. Um, so, which basically means that the former is handed over immediately and the latter is to be delivered two weeks from the date the contract is signed. This is just another example of riba and nasia. So we move on now to the next, uh, the next um, issue, which is the ruling on riba. Um, I'm just reading the questions from uh, so from Ibrahim. So any Ibrahim said so anything that we buy that is interest free, with monthly payments with the condition that interest will be applied. Um, yes, that is not allowed. Naam, that is not allowed. Naam, correct. Um, Assalamualaikum, student. I have taken a student loan in order to so student loans again. I'm not really going to talk about student loans now. Okay, I don't think I think we will leave that to um, the يعني, um, to, to people who are more qualified than, than myself, but we're not going to speak about student loans for, for the purposes of this. This is just about riba. طيب. 
So regarding the adilla to tahrim al-riba, okay, adilla to tahrim al-riba from the Quran, okay. Um, so regarding adilla to tahrim al-riba from the Quran, um, Allah subhanahu wa taala. Firstly, there are um, eight places in which riba is mentioned in the Quran, okay. Eight verses that mention riba in the Quran. Four of them. Uh, five of them are in Surah Al-Baqarah. Okay, five of them are in Surah Al-Baqarah. And the other three are in Surah Al-Imran, Surah Al-Nisa, and Surah Al-Rum. What you will notice is that the prohibition of riba basically occurred in uh, stages. The prohibition of riba occurred in stages. The first stage was in the verse in Surah Al-Rum, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَمَا آتَيْتُ مِنْ رِبًا لِيَرْبُوَ فِي أَمْوَالِ النَّاسِ فَلَا يَرْبُوا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ وَمَا آتَيْتُ مِنْ زَكَاةٍ تُرِيدُونَ وَجْهَ اللَّهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُضْعِفُونَ Here, basically the prohibition here is not clear. The, ayah, the verse just discusses removing blessings from it. Allah says, وَمَا آتَيْتُ مِنْ رِبًا Anything that you give from riba, from an, يعني, any, any usury or any interest that you give, so that it causes for you an increase in uh, as a result of the you dealing in the wealth of people then know then know that this will not be an increase in your blessings in the sight of Allah okay and then Allah says and anything that you give out of charity Seeking the pleasure of Allah, then they, they, these will be for that for these people is a surplus of reward and an increase in their reward, and their reward will be multiplied. So, as you can clearly see, the verse tells us that barakah and blessings are removed from wealth that contains riba. Any wealth that contains riba, okay, barakah and blessings are removed from it. But the verse doesn't specify and doesn't, there's no clarity in the verse in terms of whether it's halal or haram. So this is the first stage. Okay. The first stage is the removing of barakah from anything that contains riba. And subhanallah, and this is true. Anything that contains riba, there is no barakah. Even if you take that overdraft, even if you take that, even if you, you know, you, you fall into the temptation of dealing in interest with your bank and you justify it in your head that this is darura uh, and this is something that is a necessity and you go seeking fatawa um, that suits your own desires and you look for a fatwa from someone who is maybe lax in in whatever fatwa that they give and then they get they, they tell you that it is okay for you yani, Subhanallah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, وَالْإِثْمُ مَا حَاكَ فِي النَّفْسِ وَالْإِثْمُ مَا حَاكَ فِي النَّفْسِ وَتَرَدَّدَ فِي الصَّدْرِ وَإِنْ أَفْتَاكَ النَّاسُ أَفْتَوْكَ Sins are anything مَا حَاكَ فِي النَّفْسِ Anything that causes you and your soul to be uh, hesitant and unhinged and uncomfortable. And even if the people give you fatwa after fatwa, you feel, and this is the nafs, Al-Mu'mina. This is An-Nafs Al-Mutma'inna. This is the nafs of the believer, the believer who fears Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala in all his or her transactions, in everything. 
not we're not talking about someone who deals in riba and has no more feeling in their hearts and they have no remorse or regret in how they deal in their wealth and what they do with their with their wealth and how they deal in transactions we're not talking about such a person because such a person indahu you know as uh sheikh abdul muhsin al-abbad hafizahullah ta'ala used to say al-halalu ma inda ba'd al-nas al-halalu ma halla fi al-yad wal-haramu ma lam tasil ilayhi al-yad some people al-halal halal is ma halla fi al-yad anything that their hands can can anything that they can reach any wealth that they can accumulate and possess to them it's halal and if they can't reach it if they can't touch it if they can't accumulate that wealth if they, if they can't consume it for whatever reason then they will say oh it was haram anyway this is how they justify their actions when it comes to transactions so this verse clearly tells us there's no baraka in riba literally there's no baraka in dealing in riba okay this is the general rule this is the qaida muttarida this is the principle um and a firm principle from the principles of al-islam so this is the first verse second verse is allah subhanahu wa ta'ala statement here allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about the people that preceded us from the people of the book in Surah An-Nisa, "Uhillat lahum wa bisaddihim an sabilillahi kathira." And then Allah says, "Wa akhdhihim riba wa qadnuhu anhu." And because of their consumption of riba, wa qadnuhu anhu, while they were clearly prohibited from it, wa aklihim amwalin amwalan nas. And because of their consumption of the wealth of the people, bilbatil in falsehood. Yeah, and because of their consumption of and their consuming of the people's wealth in batil in falsehood and then allah says and we have prepared the disbelievers from amongst them a painful torment so here um there is there the the the, the verse tells us of how allah prohibited riba from the nations that preceded us but the verse doesn't clearly prohibit riba on the ummah of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam so one can argue and say that they can say that this is the shar' and this is the legislation of those who preceded us and the verse is only telling us of the situation of the people of the book the verse isn't commanding us and giving us a, an amr or the verse isn't prohibiting us from anything this could be the argument right so there's still a shubha there yani. so the the the, the tahrim of riba isn't clear here Okay, so this is the second verse. The third verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, la ta'kulu riba ad'afan mudha'afa, wattaku allaha la'allakum tuflihun. O you who believe, la ta'kulu riba. Here Allah says, la ta'kulu riba, do not consume riba. Ad'afan mudha'afa, yani in multitude, in, 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 in abundance. Yani in abundance. Do not consume riba in abundance. And fear Allah la'allakum tuflihun. So the verse here is clear in its tahreem and its uh, in its prohibition of consuming riba or interest that is abundant. What about riba that is not abundant? What about small quantities of riba? The verse doesn't touch upon this. So one could argue now 
uh, one who has uh, يعني, disease in his or her heart can argue and say, I'm allowed to consume uh, slight river, small quantities of river, you know, uh, but as for a, an abundance of river or exaggerating, and then this is something that I cannot do. Okay, so the verse again, uh, يعني, it's not, it doesn't only prohibits at one form of riba, which is the uh, which is basically consuming riba in abundance. Now, the fourth verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah, الَّذِينَ يَأْكُلُونَ الرِّبَا لَا يَقُومُونَ إِلَّا كَمَا يَقُومُ الَّذِي يَتَخَطَّطُهُ الشَّيْطَانُ مِنَ الْمَسِّ here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that those who riba, those who consume riba, la they will not be able to stand يعني, on Yawm al except like the one like the standing of the one who is being beaten by the shaytan into insanity. So they will be standing, people who consume riba. On Yawm Al-Qiyamah, Allah describes their situation and how they will stand. Nas'alullah ta'ala an yahfadhana wa yaqiyana min sharri, min sharri jahannam wa min, uh, wa min hadhal, wa min hadhal da'a. Allah says, Al-Ladheena ya'kuloon riba those who consume riba, la yaqoomun, they will not stand on the day of resurrection, illa kama yaqoomun ladhi, except like the standing of the one who is touched by a, by a devil? If you if and if you notice people who are uh, who are uh, possessed by jinn and possessed by the the, the shaitan billah, you see this their their situation. They are like someone who is insane. They do not know what they are doing. Some of them may even uh, tear off their clothes or speak or say things that they are even unaware of. Um, so this is the situation on Yawm Al-Qiyamah of the one who consumes riba. And Allah mentions the reason, the illa. Why is this the case? And this is because they said, Trade, buying and selling is like riba. Riba and trade are the same thing. We are in trade. When we are dealing in business, we are looking for an increase in profit. And riba, we only deal in riba because we are also seeking an increase in profit. So that means that bay' and riba is exactly the same. This is according to their false logic. But then Allah refutes this and He says, So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't even, uh, He doesn't even, it doesn't matter, He doesn't argue with their logic. He just says, This is halal and this is haram, and that's final. يعني Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that al-bay' wa'ahalla Allah al-bay' Allah has made al-bay' buying and selling halal wa'harram al-riba and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made riba haram فَمَنْ جَاءَهُ and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَمَنْ جَاءَهُ مَوْعِضَةٌ مِنْ رَبِّهِ فَانْتَهَا فَلَهُ مَا سَلَفَ وَأَمْرُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ Okay, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that whoever فَمَنْ جَاءَهُ مَوْعِضَةٌ whoever has received a mawidah and an admonition from his Lord and desists, they falahu ma salafa. Then for them is what has passed. They may have what has what they have accumulated in the past. 
وَأَمْرُهُ إِلَى اللَّهُ وَمَنْ عَادَ And whoever returns to this, and whoever returns to dealing in interest, فَأُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ هُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ Then for them, then for, for these, these people are from the inhabitants of the fire. هُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ And they will abide therein for all of eternity. And then Allah says, يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ الرِّبَى وَيُرْبِ الصَّدَقَاتِ يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ الرِّبَى Allah destroys the barakah and the blessings in interest. وَيُرْبِ الصَّدَقَاتِ And He increases the blessings in charity. He increases the blessings in charity. يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ الرِّبَى وَيُرْبِ الصَّدَقَاتِ So Allah destroys the blessings in riba. There are no blessings in riba. There is no barakah in riba. Okay, in fact, there's destruction in riba. And Allah increases as-sadaqat. He increases the blessings in as-sadaqat, in charity. And Allah does not like every sinning disbeliever. So this verse is clear. So this verse is clear in its prohibition in dealing in interest in usury, whether it is a small quantity or whether it is a large quantity. It doesn't matter the type of riba, whether it's riba al-nasi'ah, whether it's riba al-fadl, whether it's riba al-muda'af, whether it's riba al-yaseer, it makes no difference. Every type of riba, whether it is a riba that causes you to earn one pence or causes you to give one pence, or whether it is a riba that causes you to earn a million pounds or causes you to give a million pounds, it is still haram and it's still impermissible. Okay. Now, um, so that's the verse number four. Verses number five and eight, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O oh, you who believe, fear Allah and abandon that which remains from riba if you truly believe. If you do not do this, then then await for a, يعني, to, for, for, then know that you are waging war and wait for a, a, a war from Allah and His Messenger. So here this verse is clearly telling us that the person who deals in interest and this person is waging war with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This person is waging war with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the, يعني, there's an ijma'i, يعني, the ulama and the Muslims are all mujmi'un, they are all agreed upon the fact that riba, interest is considered to be haram, interest is considered to be impermissible. So um, the third type, so that's basically the adilla to riba. So, so, so far we've covered the technical and, and the linguistic meanings of riba. Um, we've also covered the... Uh, the types of riba, riba al-fadl, riba al-nasi'ah. We've also covered the ruling on riba um, and wahaka. So there are, there's also a third type of riba, which is riba al-manfa'ah. Okay, riba al-manfa'ah. Now, riba al-manfa'ah basically is, um, is, is basically is if someone uh, asks another person for a loan, if let's say Ahmed asks Muhammad for a loan and then Ahmed, uh, sorry, ah Ahmed gives Muhammad a loan. Yeah, and Ahmed says to Muhammad, you asked me for a loan, here's 100 pounds. 
Um, but I want you to give me possession to your car for a day, for a month. And this is stipulated in the loan transaction. And Muhammad obviously now is in a weak situation, weak position. He says, okay, and he gives him the car. This is considered to be riba. This is considered riba. Why is it riba? Because the qa'id and the principle says, kullu qardin jarra naf'an riba. Okay, so this is a riba that involves the acquisition of benefit, of a certain manfa'a, of a certain benefit. And this benefit goes back to whom? It goes back to the lender. So it doesn't matter if it's money, monetary, or if it's not. Okay, it's called riba al-manfa'a. Again, an, an example that I gave was if, let's say, Ahmed gives Muhammad 100 pounds for six months. And he stipulates a, a condition and he says to Muhammad um, that you have to give me access to your house for those six months. I want you to, I am right, you know, I don't want to pay any rent. So I want to stay in your room, uh, in one of your you know, rooms for six months. Okay. This is considered to be riba and this is impermissible. Because why is it impermissible? Because Ahmed is uh, taking advantage of the weakness of Muhammad. So again, one of the reasons why riba is considered to be haram, one of the, the hikam and the wisdoms behind why riba is haram is because of the oppression it entails. Okay, Because of the fact that the rich are taking advantage of the poor. Okay. And also because of the fact that riba destroys profit and business and trade. Where there is riba, the yani, trade and business will not flourish. And even if it does, it is because of the riba itself. It's, it's, it's not because of, of uh, any istithmar or any investments. So riba destroys investments or it minimizes investments. And this is um, the reason why it's considered to be haram. We'll stop here, inshallah ta'ala, for now. We'll, we will continue to part two, inshallah ta'ala, uh, next, um, I can't remember when, but in the next lesson. So in part two, um, we will talk about, um, we'll talk about some of these issues. We'll talk about how banks actually make their money. What is the concept of money in Islam? Um, the interest rates that you pay to borrow, what does that mean? Um, so when saving interest rates on saving or in credit, uh, investing in a bank versus investing in a business. Um, also, how does compound interest works, APRs, flat, flat interest rates, etc. So we will, I don't know if we can actually do all of this in, in next week, but what I will do is inshallah, I will try and cover as much as possible because uh, we only have 20, 25 minutes. So we will stop here bi idnillah ta'ala wa jazakumullah khayran wa sallallahu sallam ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. I think there are some questions. I'm just going to quickly go through the question. Um, Naam, credit cards fall into interest. It depends on the type of credit card, but generally speaking, yes. How about money transfer? I don't know what that what, what you mean by money transfer. Uh, you mean the hawalas? Ah, the hawala, na'am. So, na'am. So again, riba can occur in anything. Anything that involves the exchange of two, two goods, um, يعني, riba can happen in all of these things. Is it Islamic banks halal when buying a house? So this is very, um, this is very vague, and this question. 
يعني what type of Islamic bank are you talking about? Which transaction are you talking about? Which clause in the transaction are you talking about? You have to be very specific. We, you know, it's very dangerous to give blanket statements of halal and haram to things like Islamic banks are halal or Islamic banks are haram. These kind of things that you have to avoid, inshallah. Um, what if a person is already in a loan or car finance and has made tawbah but is still in the contract? What do they do from there? Wallahi al-akhi, Fadil, Bilal, try your best to get out of it as much as possible. Yani, continue your tawbah and try your best to get out of the transaction as, be- as much as possible. As Muslims, we try and we live in our, with, in our own... I, I know we live in a society of credit where everything is paid for on credit, even clothes. And people are tempted to purchase a very nice car because they only pay 300 pounds a month or something and they get to drive a, a nice car. Instead of, instead of having that mentality, it's best if we live within our means and purchase a car that we know we can afford in cash or we have the money for, even if it costs 500 pounds or a thousand pounds or whatever. Okay, so try your best, Akhil Fadl, to, to get out of it. Is ordering online a type of riba? There's a delay. No. So Sheikh Mu'taymin has a fatwa on this, actually. No, it's not. As long as the receipt is there and there is a receipt and you've paid this, it's not considered to be riba. Uh, does a student loan not fall into riba? Again, this is a question that requires bahth. Uh, me personally, Allah, I don't know. That's not my answer to this question with regards to student loans. Is overdraft completely impermissible? Yes, it is completely impermissible if the if the conditions I met or I mentioned are are in the actual agreement of the overdraft. If they're charging you interest. Uh, if you if you default, then yes. Yeah. If someone falls into riba, how can they repent from this? You repent by saying Allahumma inni astaghfiruka ilayk, Allahumma inni astaghfiruka ilayk. Okay, that's how you repent. So. There are certain conditions to tawbah and repentance. The first condition being You have to be remorseful and you have to regret um, the sin that you, um, that you did. That's the first thing. The second is your repentance has to be for the sake of Allah. And it has to be done. Also, the third condition of repentance is that you, um, you make a firm convinc- conviction in your heart that you do not return back to that sin. So you have al-azim, al-azima, that you don't return back to that sin. Okay? Um, and also, fourth, if you have um, oppressed anyone um, as a result of you taking riba, then um, you need to, you know, pay back your debt and give that person their rights and their haqq um, if, this is a, a, uh, and if this is something you are able to do so. Um, I think it's being recorded, Khwani. Uh, what happens when you pay zakah with money earned from uh, riba? So you have to pay your zakah um, first and foremost with um, money that is pure, in al-halala, in Allah, with something that is pure. Um, and يعني, something that doesn't contain any, any riba. With regards to money that you have earned from riba, if you know that this money is from riba, then the ulama, they say um, that you should, this wealth um, should be wealth that you give to um, things that are considered to be mumtahana, and things that are considered to be um, 
insignificant in society, like the building of toilets, for example, or the building of roads or uh, things that basically is al-mal al-mushar, okay? So pay your zakah with wealth that you have earned in halal means. And as for the riba that you have earned, uh, obviously, which is haram, then give this away in charity. Do not give this to for the building of a masajid, but give it to uh, an Islamic organization, for example, who will use this to send it to a Muslim country to build roads, to build wells, um, and so on and so forth. Um, insurance is a is a different type of masala uh, issue. It's not uh, it's it's not what we're talking about. We're talking about riba, uh, It's recorded. Um, someone wants me to repeat. Just go back to the recordings on the Medina College YouTube page. Inshallah, this everything should be there. Um, no, stocks, if you buy stocks now and when you're at its lowest and, and then you later resell them, I tell this, Saida is saying, if I buy stocks now when they are at its lowest and later uh, resell them at a higher rate, is this permissible? It is permissible on the condition that the company that, um, you know, the, the, the actual sharik and the company is a company that is halal, the company doesn't trade in anything, anything that's impermissible, like alcoholic drinks for alcohol or anything that's impermissible yani. um, but yes what was really with commodities in Sahih Muslim gold for gold, silver for silver wheat for wheat, barley for barley salt for salt um, uh, and yeah these are the ribawi commodities is a student overdraft which does not have interest which does not have interest until after four years of being in the overdraft Yes, it's the same thing, and who, who, even if it's after 40 years. Trading in the stock market is another issue, another mess at all together. There, you know, it's, um, it's no, not, no, this is, and here the question is, does trading the stock markets fall into riba exchanging two currencies with different rates, even using Islamic accounts? The simple answer is that these are two different issues trading in the stock markets can fall into riba depending on the transaction that you're doing okay everything again is this is again very it's a very vague uh, broad question um, but generally speaking trading in the stock markets just like trading in any market you can fall into riba um, Credit card, buy now, pay later. No, credit card, buy now, pay later. I don't know, understand the ma'adri. Uh, credit card, buy now, pay later. Is it Allah la'adri? Money transfer business where you send money um, from one country to another in different currencies. Yes, so there's a al-hawala. Uh, when, you, when you transfer money um, or when you transfer money overseas to your loved ones, um, and you obviously deal in different currencies, then this is allowed as long as obviously the conditions are met, as long as there, there is uh, the, the condition of taqabud, um, the condition of this condition is actually met. Okay. So some people go to that hawala, the person who um, deals or, or the, the actual person who is the representative of the company, and he tells them, come back later. He tells them, for example, they, they say to the person, I don't have the money now, but I will pay you in a week. 
and he sends it on their behalf. Okay, so this can be a form of riba. Some scholars say this is actually a form of riba because um, the the exchange didn't happen in one sitting. Okay, and this transaction, it's not clear as to what type of transaction is it? Is it a loan? Is it, what is it? No one knows. So because of this, some scholars have said that this type of transaction is also considered to be a, um, is considered to be a, yani uh, riba. طيب, I think we will stop here, inshallah ta'ala. نقف عند هذا الحد. Obviously, there are lots of other questions. Um, and I'm sure, inshallah ta'ala, we will get around to them maybe in the next lesson. Apologies for those who I was unable to answer the question. Jazakumullah khairan. Wa sallallahu sallam ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Jazakumullah